This is episode 204 of How About That Cigar, recorded live at the Corona Cigar Studio. We have Alex Tavella on the show to talk about Smoke In and some other industry topics. Please take a minute to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Now on with the show. Corona Cigar Company is your one-stop shop for all your cigar needs. Whether that's a brand new humidor, a box of those new cigars you've been waiting for, a top-of-the-line cutter or lighter, a place to enjoy the finest cigars and spirits with friends, or the only cigars grown right here in the Sunshine State. We've got you covered. Come visit one of our retail locations for the ultimate cigar experience. Visit us online at coronacigar.com. How about that cigar? How about that chess? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corona Cigar Studios for episode 204. I almost said 203. Episode 204 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for watching us live on Facebook, live on YouTube. And if you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast, guys, thank you so much for making How About That Cigar a part of your regular audio podcast rotation. And here in the Corona Cigar Studios, it's a beautiful night here in Minnesota. It's been hot as balls for the last, I don't know, I mean, we complain about the cold. I know. And then the heat comes. But I don't. I refuse to complain about the heat because the 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 winters just get so brutal that I, I, I just refuse to complain about it. Yeah, but when I have my child care centers sticking to the sides of my legs, <laughs> that sucks. People are going to need more clarification. My testicles. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to make you say it. I know. Like, like verbalize it out loud. Uh, testes, testes. Uh, one, testes. Two, one, two, yeah. three. Wait. Syphilis. Adios. Oh. Adios. <laughs> Adios a little. Adios a little weird, guys. Oh, let me fix that. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's a beautiful night. We have the big studio door open. Hopefully, the mosquitoes won't uh, become too interested in these bright lights we have here in the studio. Uh, if they do, we may we'll need just smoke to... them out. We we may need dude. What's that? Do you still have my bug assault gun here? Do no. you not have that here? Maybe no. it's at the cabin. No. I did you bring that here once? I did. Oh yeah, I you did. Yeah, but you didn't leave it here. Okay. Yeah. Well, I gotta find that. That how great would that be? Now, I saw somebody. I don't remember who this was. So I saw somebody post yeah. on, on Facebook the salt that apparently the special salt for this gun cost so like eight dollars for two ounces. Yeah. I mean, it's salt, bro. Right. So tell me you just buy regular... But it's high-performance salt, Matt. High-performance salt. <laughs> Is it more water-soluble or something? <laughs> or like what, what makes it high-performance? No. Uh, if it's edible, okay. I think... which they... It says... I like edible things. They're good. Are you like yeah. edible? Yeah. 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 Sure. <laughs> it says... You know that this is salt you can eat. Okay. You know, or uh, ammo you can eat is oh. what the little tagline right. is. So if okay. it is consumable, yeah. it's no different than any other salt. Right. You can yeah. Get. It's just salt. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and you're just shooting it at a bug. And if it's more expensive than Himalayan pink salt, fuck you. <laughs> that stuff. Uh, I just I tried to do the Himalayan pink salt. Oh, I love it. And I couldn't do it because it's got this grittiness to it because of all those trace minerals that yeah. are in there along with this. This sort of sandy, not quite sandy. Oh, for me, I can't but, do it. I can't yeah. do it. I, I stick with regular Morton kosher salt, yeah. you know, in the big blue box. That's mm -hmm. that's uh, that's my go-to. And you're an unleaded type of salt guy. Yeah, honestly, it's just just it's just salt, bro. I mean, I don't even spend money on like the fancy Malden flaky salt and any of that because mm -hmm. I just don't feel like spending 
like $16 for a quarter ounce of salt. I mean, some of these like fancy French sea salts are, I don't know if you've seen how expensive some of these salts are. Like but, the infused ones? Well, even even just some of the ones that say they were, you know, harvested from, oh, yeah. the, you know, the North Sea of, yeah, yeah like the, from Rivendale or yeah. some magical land Absolutely. from Lord of the Rings or something. Yep. It's just it's just salt, bro. I think we should create our own salt line. How about that salt? How about that salt? We're on to something, I guess. Um, so uh Minnesota Twins just finished a four-game uh series against the Cleveland Guardians, who we split the series. Mm-hmm. So we're still three and a half games up on Cleveland but in the, the series before that. Series before that was the Astros. The Astros, and we took two out of three. We took two out of three from the Astros. So that helps. Problem being, tomorrow night we start a series yeah. against Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay is pretty Hot. pretty much the best team in baseball. Um, so hopefully we can do something against them. Uh, Royce Lewis, did you see the the header that he took when he was uh, he Last went to, he went to slide and no, he landed. I didn't watch. He that. landed on his face, like on his face. So he's out with an injury right now. And he, the sad thing is he just came back from uh, ACL or, or PCL mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, he was out for a year. Um, all right. So the NHL Stanley Cup playoff or Stanley Cup final uh, is underway. Uh, as it stands right now, uh, Vegas leads over Florida one game to zero. And as we speak, uh, Vegas is leading the Florida Panthers for zip with 10 minutes remaining in, in period number two. So Vegas is looking pretty, pretty good now or if they're home ice. So factor that in, but it's going to be a rough go for the Panthers in this series. And I, owe not that they even knew I said this, but you remember a couple weeks ago, because we took last week off for Memorial day. But the show before that, I was, or actually a couple shows ago, I was talking about how, what an embarrassment the Boston Celtics were because right. they were down three, nothing. Yeah. Well, they came back to tie the series three all. Yeah. Uh, they, they did lose game seven, but they actually showed some fight in those, uh, in, in game uh, four, five, and six. But you don't have any skin in that game. No, Even I really before don't. your comment, Matt Tobacco had a temper tantrum about Boston sports, you know? So yeah, I feel really bad for Boston sports I know. fans. I feel really bad for them because of all the hardship they've had so over the last hard over 50 the last... years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you go back to, you go back to the late sixties, the teams, Red the Wings, Celtics, or... uh, Celtics teams of the late sixties, early seventies, late seventies, early. I mean, it's, and, and then you look at the Bruins, domination yeah. over the years yeah you look at the patriots dynasty yep um you look at the boston red sox um you know yep. coming back from a i mean yeah the the red sox had a long drought but if you look at them since 04 you know they've been doing just fine so sorry no sympathy for the uh boston sports fans uh you know you you've had a g- pretty good run uh, so the the Heat and the Nuggets are tied at a game apiece in the NBA playoffs. Um, I really don't. I mean, I watch highlights after the games are over. I really don't watch basketball live. Uh, but it looks interesting, I guess. I just, 
if I watch, if I'm watching basketball, it's probably going to be college basketball. Correct. Cause it just seems more interesting. They want it more. Yeah. Um, so let's bring on our special guest. Then, then we'll talk about what Garrett's smoking. Oh. I'll get, I'll, I finish my pregame cigar and then I'll get something fired up. Uh, so let's bring on our special guest of the evening. And on How About That Cigar Live, special guests are brought to us by our friends at Drew Estate. And Drew Estate just announced the most recent Freestyle Live event pack with an MSRP of $40. The new packs have been prepared, and each one will include four of the new premium cigars, Unbanded, a Freestyle Live cigar case, Freestyle Live torch lighter, and a Freestyle Live cigar rest. Each pack will also include a badge with a QR code, which allows the purchaser to enter a sweepstakes for a chance to win incredible prizes, including an air fare package to anywhere in the world for two people a custom longboard from subculture studios and finally the grand prize a luxury watch valued at ten thousand five hundred dollars for more information please visit drewestate.com and as you can see we have one of the lovely drew estate freestyle live event packs right here before you and i'll just give a quick little uh peruse here as i get that lid off of there and i'm not going to go opening it and all that because i literally just smoked one of the cigars from inside of this pack nice uh cigar carrier and rest and lighter it's a big three torch lighter I, i'm using so it's not a, it's not a meek little lighter no, it's, it's got, good yeah triple torch i like it uh so let's bring on our special guest of the evening ladies and gentlemen if you would please help us out put your hands together and welcome to Woo! episode 204 of how about that cigar live the GOAT, Alex Tavella. Uh-oh. He's Uh-oh. muted. Uh-oh. Muted. <laughs> I do I do I literally do a you... podcast every Saturday. <laughs> and you do it there too. Oh. Every, oh. every damn week. Yeah. Redo, redo, redo. Can we do that again? Let's do that again. Yep, yeah, do that yeah, again. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here. All right. Yes. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you would please put your hands together and welcome to episode 204, The Goat, Alex Tavella. Howdy, folks. Yes. (laughs) Alex. Let's go. That's how you enter a room right there. All right, once in a while you need to take two. It's not a big deal, people. It's not (laughs) a big deal. Everybody gets a mulligan. Everybody gets a mulligan. It's not like we're live. You know, it's not it's not like it's you know not 10 o'clock where i am it's well true. yeah yeah the time difference it, it's it, i'm just it, i'm just making excuses well I people blew, say I, people I blew, say no, no, it's I only blew. an hour time difference i hear that all the time you know yeah. east coast versus but when i travel to the east coast for more than three days and or the eastern time zone and i for more than three days and i come home honestly that hour can make a difference like Big especially track. if you got to get up the next morning get kids on a school bus or whatever it's it's only an hour, but man, but it's not as much as, you know, going to, uh, like going to California, you know, that so, three hour time difference. Correct. Yeah. That sucks. That does. Especially when you fly back at like 2 AM or something like that. Yep. Um, See, so it's interesting cause you guys are in the middle, right? See, like yeah, I've never, yeah. I've never, exp- I'm an East coast guy. I've been an East coast guy my whole, I've never experienced jumping ahead. It's always back for me. Oh yeah, that's true. I bet. Yeah. You know, I've never had like, oh, you know, I've never had that experience of having to jump ahead of time. And you haven't been to Europe or anything like that? Oh no, no. No. Nah. I don't go anywhere. Me neither. Me neither. Uh well travel. Before we jump in, uh so before I before we do the toast cam, 
uh, Garrett, tell us what on earth this thing is that is. So I don't remember when billowing Tuesday smoke in your hand did this. Um, I think the first time was like 14 or 15 years ago. Yeah. So a long time ago. And this, this is old. I've had this for probably six. Oh, so you didn't buy this recently. This no. has been in your humidor. This has for, been in my oh, humidor for a oh, long shoot. time. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And I don't even know if they still make them. I I've seen them uh, within the last six months at a okay. shop. Now, maybe that shop bought them years ago. I have no idea. So Drew Estate uh, is made the egg and it is. It's it's an egg. It's, I mean, it's yeah. It's, it's weird. I'll keep my comments to myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, I'm gonna call it the ovum. The ov ovum. Oh, yeah. you, oh, you're already tarring up. Oh no! Seriously, it's already tarred There's up. Yeah, right. snip the tip, buddy. Oh, oh man! Yeah, it's already oh, it's already tarred up. I mean, it's very slow. You're puffing. Well, you gotta kind of. Nail it a little bit. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> Let's hope oh, she's into that. Oh. Um, so we're going off the rails early on this show. Uh, so yeah, I know nothing about it other than this is the Maduro. There's a natural, and then there's a Maduro. This is the Maduro. And so far, I was actually a little concerned about the flavors and the construction that I was going to get out of this and the draw. So far, draws okay. Flavors, I don't hate. Yeah, and it's it's a natural. Sorry, it's it's a natural tobacco cigar. It's not sweetened, infused, Correct. flavored. Yeah, none, none of that. that. Yeah, yeah. And you got the Maduro. I the, I smoked one of these probably twelve years ago, and it was a natural. No. Um, it wasn't for me. I'll I'll say it was just it was super intense. I mean, and you're not even to the big ring gauge part where it's like a ninety ring gauge or something. So we'll uh, we'll see how you're holding up. Yeah, that'll remind me while. of college. After <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, all right. Let me get uh, let me get my cigar fired up, and I'm gonna do that as always on the Dun Barton Tobacco and Trust Toast Cam. When lighting your cigar, it is important to be patient and pay close attention to detail and focus on the tobacco. In the same way, Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra premium cigars of Dun Barton Tobacco and Trust. Patience, close attention to detail, uh, and focus on tobacco are the qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust have become known for. From Sober Mesa to Umbagog, Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood, and any occasion. Ah. Visit DunbartonCigars.com <laughs> to learn more. Oh, I love it. We are. It's going to be one of those nights. It's going to be one of those nights. We're, we're all a little punchy. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're having, we've got some eggs. I don't know what the hell's going ovum. down, but ovum, ovum. Yes. Ovum. Huevos. I like that. Yeah, huevos. Yeah, that works too. Ovum. Um, so, did you guys ever watch Schitt's Creek? I tried to. Oh, that's right. I made it, I made it like an episode and a half in. And you got to work past the first couple for character it, development. It was just, it was like I had already seen, um, uh, what was that Jason Bateman show? Um, um, Ozark? No, the the comedy. Oh. Arrested Development. Oh, Arrested Development. Yeah. And it was like a rich family who was always super rich and pampered all of a sudden isn't. And they have to figure out. Uh, and it's all the comic foibles that happen along the way as they figure out how to live as not super rich people. I was like, I've already seen this show. It was called Arrested Development, and I'm good. So I, yeah, you're right. I, episode and a half, I was done. 
And, and what was that that you just lit up there, Matt? From our oh, that comment. was the uh, Camacho Factory Unleashed Three. That's the new Wait. one, right? Yep. Yeah, that's the new one. That is. I've tried that one yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's got a uh, shaggy foot, uh, extremely dark, toothy wrapper, and uh, starting out just fine so far. I believe uh, Garrett Koppelman, great name by the way, um, has Koppelman's birthday. It's his birthday either today or yesterday. I don't remember. Is it Garrett with two T's birthday? It is Garrett with two T's birthday. Happy, Happy birthday! Happy Garrett birthday, Garrett with two, with two T's. T's. Awesome! I love it. Um, so let's jump into uh, now, Alex. You're, it's your first time on the show, which is kind of hard to believe because we've known you for a while. Yes, and, I thought um, you've been on his show a couple times or something, right? I think, yeah, I yeah. Know. And we've gotten to know you at, at Great Smoke and, you know, um, hanging out and stuff like that. But um, one of the things that we haven't gotten a chance, at least I haven't gotten a chance to to sit down, because I know you and Garrett have played a lot of chess together. And, um, you know, sometimes you get into conversations about life and stuff like that when you're playing. But we haven't really gotten the scoop on sort of your, your background. Uh, and we love hearing stories and our viewers love hearing stories about how people got started with cigars and things like that. So uh, tell us about your first cigar, uh, how you got into the hobby and um, you know, how that story goes down. Sure. Absolutely. But at first I, I need to, I need to, I need to take a step back because, you know, this is a, 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 a chess misnomer, you know, you want to know what Garrett and I's conversations are like during chess? I'll tell you. You, you probably Fuck. don't say a word. <laughs> I'm an idiot. So stupid. I hate this game. This is – I do it too. Fuck this. I, that's that's about yeah. how our conversations tend to go. Well, and it's more frustrating for me. It's, my, it's like me when I play poker. Yeah. I, I bet there's a lot of similarities I say, there. fuck, why did I do that? That was so fucking stupid. Oh, my God, why do I play this game? Yeah, that sounds like me when I play poker. But here's, yeah. the, here's the fucked up part is I've been playing chess since I was 14. Okay. Alex, I don't know when you actually learned the rules, but you seriously started playing about a year and a half ago? About a year, literally a year and a half ago. So yeah. I've, I've, I've known how to – I put it this way to people. I was an uninformed chess player – for about 30 years. And right. you don't know you're an uninformed chess player until you become Correct. an informed chess player. That's right. So I became an informed chess player about a year and a half ago, two years ago. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> his level of chess after, you know, a short period of time pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> as, so, as somebody like you who had been playing pretty much your whole life. Well, I, you know, I played tournament chess for <clears throat> seven years. Um, and then, you know, I didn't play seriously for many, many years and maybe just a handful of years ago, I played, you know, uh, maybe a couple games a week with people online and that was really okay. good. Um, but let's, let's talk about Alex <clears throat> and his origin cigar story and there'll be more chess up ahead. Yes. Yes. Yeah, sure. Sure. So, um, for me. Cigars, and I've I've always been very open about this. I'm I'm uh, I'm an addict in recovery. I've been sober for uh, coming up on 14 years next month. And, and thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, cigars have been a part of that journey um, throughout. Um, I, I came into them um, into the cigar world very early on in my recovery. I, actually, I still remember uh, the first 
the um, the first cigar that I really had that I enjoyed as a cigar was a uh, I think it was like an Ashton Classic at a um, at a friend's like wedding dinner, not even wedding, like pre wedding. I don't even know whatever those formal things are that you do before weddings. And um, I just I you know, it was like the guy thing to do. The guys were smoking cigars and none of them really were you know, big time cigar smokers. It was like that, you know, masculine thing that you do. Um, but I found myself enjoying it and, and, and I got into it and, um, you know, I found it to be, you know, cigar culture and cigar shops and, and lounges. Uh, I found it to be a, a, a place where I was welcome and, and a thing to, to fill, that void. And, and that's the thing that, uh, you know, a lot of people don't understand when, you know, when you're, when you're drinking and drugging and, and doing those type, living that type of lifestyle for a long time, you can't just stop and do nothing. There's something that has to fill that void that's left with all your free time, all your free money, all your free thoughts. And, um, for me, cigars kind of filled that place. It was, it, it, it was a setting where I could fit in. It was a setting where I could take part. You know, I've never been much of a club or bar guy. I don't I never much cared for alcohol. And, um, you know, I had friends that would go out to clubs, even sober. But uh, that, it was like awful for me. You know, I don't drink. I don't. What am I doing? Yep. Why am I here? You know, at, yep. at, a, at a cigar lounge, at a cigar shop, I'm taking part in what the place offers. And at the end of the day, you know, nobody really cares whether you drink or not. They don't care. It's, yeah. it's, it's about the cigar. So that's what led me into it. And, and then, you know, my addict behavior kicked in i you know just went full <laughs> gung-ho you know like anything else you know I, I have to try every cigar one cigar a night is good two must be fantastic three is even better right and um you know that's just, never that, enough yeah never ever literally literally <laughs> literally you know how many how many you know times i would like you know it's really no different you know how many times i would smoke a cigar and i'm like stoned at i'm like so cigared out but i'm like <laughs> yep. here so i'm still firing up another one i mean it's the same behavior it's the same behavior, but, um, you know, that led to my, my, you know, I just dug into the world, man. I, and I enjoyed it and, and I enjoyed the company. I enjoyed the conversation of people. I'm not much of a, um, I'm not much of a sit at home and uh, sit on the patio by myself smoker. I like to be around people. I, I, I like to be doing something. I like to, to take part in the community of cigar smoking and, and, you know, that's what that's what took me there. And, and I just look, I, you know, I I came in I came into the business, a, a, a consumer. I wound up in the industry, which is, you know, it was great because I, I I wound up doing for a living something that I enjoyed and loved. But, um, yeah, man, I was you know, I was definitely a, a big time consumer and nerd and, you know, just engulfed in this cigar world before I ever got in the industry. Yeah. Well, and that, that's a great lead in because the next question is, well, how did, tell us how you got started with smoke in, or even if there, you were doing anything cigar industry related before smoke in and how that all came to be. Before we go to that, what are you smoking? I was Alex? just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So guys. I, I'm, I'm smoking a uh, Southern draw Rose of Sharon. Oh yes. Um, staying a little light. I'm just coming off a, a bout of the flu. Yep. Um, unfortunately, everything tastes like shit. So even cigars that I like taste like shit. You know, I love this cigar. It's enough where I can still smoke and enjoy it. Attic behavior, literally have no business smoking to barely taste it. <laughs> love this cigar. Usually smoke it daily when I'm working. Tastes like shit right now. I'm smoking anyway. I mean, total attic behavior. But um, <laughs> yeah, Rosa Sharon, um, this is almost a daily for me. 
Uh, I yeah. tend to mm -hmm. smoke on the lighter side while I'm working because I just don't want to be kind of zoned out. Uh, I want to be, be able to function and do what I'm doing and not be overwhelmed by the by cigars while I'm while I'm working. And uh, it's a go-to of mine. You know, they do uh, Robert Holt, Southern Draw, great guy. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice cigar. Um, Plus, I can't smoke. I can't smoke too heavy late either. I'm I'm the guy that if like like a Padron at 11 a, uh, p.m. I'm up at 4 a.m. like staring at walls. It's it's. Oh wow! Uh, it, <clears throat> too heavy, fun. too late. I'm forget it. So. I know when he has a late night. Yeah. And I'll know. Oh, he's if, hitting you up for a chess game. Well, we'll make a move and we'll get a notification. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. once in a while, the, the stars align and we're both up at like two, three in the morning. Yeah. Right. You know, my two, his three. Right. And uh, we're playing chess. And, right. Right. And uh, it's like, okay, that's kind of comforting and uh, sad at the same time. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and you want to have that rule like stop making chess moves after 1 a.m you're Dude, you have it's no a... business <laughs> no no like in bed what but it's the the ding happens and i yes. know and i know it's him yeah. and i'm like uh, <laughs> all right what did he do Let me, uh, <laughs> well because you also probably remember where you were at in the game and you're like okay yeah. so i bet he before you even look you just heard the notification and before you even look you're like i bet he moved this to this yeah did he right castle? did he do that did he right yeah maybe i'll look and i won't make a move yeah right or the worst <laughs> part is like when you see a comment like at right after you move and you're like fuck and you you realize either you hung a piece or you um, left a combination open to you know win a piece or material. And it always and, happens uh, immediately immediately after you. I have confirm on, so immediately after you hit the confirm. Yeah, and it's no. Yep. I can't believe it. No, stop. No, no, no. <laughs> yes. anyway. And then I say to myself, note to self: stop making chess moves at one o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's go back into how did you go from uh, a hobbyist in in the cigar world into working in the business? Yes. So um, this was 2017. Um, prior to working at Smokin, I, I actually worked in the uh, drug and alcohol addiction treatment field for about ten years. Um. So I made a decision to get out of the business. I didn't, I, it, it kind of, it just got kind of scummy down here. Um, you know, it sounds like, a, it, it sounds like a noble occupation. Unfortunately, you know, in healthcare, sometimes people don't realize that patients become insurance policies and it gets ugly. And I just didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't, I didn't want to look at people that way. Um, so I had gotten to know Abe um, because when I, when I worked in treatment, I kind of had a weird schedule. I, I, I would work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, no Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I was off, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, which sounds you tech? Cool. I was not a tech. I worked in the admissions on the business end, okay. on the business side. Mm, got it. Um, so three days off a week sounds cool, except that like everyone, you know, is working on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And like, you're the only guy off. Yeah. So that was me like, okay, great. I got three days off and everybody's working. Um, so I would hang at smoke in. I would hang at cigar shops. Uh, I got to know Abe. Um, at that time, Abe was a little more flexible. He was able to be out in the lounge. He would work out there more. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was there on a Tuesday and, and, and he would be there and we, we got to know each other and, and we became, we became uh, kind of close and we have sons that are the same age. So 
Um, right around 2017, I left. I left the business. I took some some time off. I, I wasn't in a rush. I wanted to figure out what I was going to do. And uh, this was right around the same time that he was opening the uh, smoking or or actually moving the smoke in West Palm beach store to open up the, the lounge and bar. Um, so I, I, I was open to doing something new. Um, Abe got to know me at that point and he knew that I, I saw the hell, you know, he likes his things run. And I, it was a guy that I look at as a mentor. And even when I was still working in treatment and, and running a treatment center, I, I would go to him for advice. So, uh, you know, we, we made it this, you know, he, he offered me, he offered me, um, the job. And, and at the time it was like, look, you know, I, I know you're, I don't know what you're going to do. I, you know, I know you're looking for work. Give me three months. You know, I need help getting this store open. If it works, if we can come to that, but if you want to do it, get, you got to give me at least three months. I don't expect you to be here forever. You know, I know yeah. you're used to making a certain amount of money and, and, you know, doing what you do. But and I said, you know what, listen, I'm not, I'm not in a rush to, you know, jump back and, and go work. And I'd rather not work in treatment. So sure, let's do it. And I, I started managing his, uh, his West Palm store. And, um, yeah, that was, that was 2017 and it just kind of went from there. I enjoyed it. Um, it, it all correlates, it, it, you know, I, the way I look at, you know, any job or anything, you just take what experience you have and just move it to the next thing. Like I looked at it, like, look, you know, and Garrett, you're familiar with treatment, obviously, you know, techs, you know, floor guys are techs and, you know, bartenders are therapists and the product treatment is the. Yep. is treatments, products, cigars are our product. So I just correlated to what I already knew. And uh, I was pretty good at it. You know, I was pretty good at running the shop and, and it was, it was funny, you know, being a, you know, a guy at that time of, you know, nine, eight, nine, ten 10 years sober running a bar, which is kind of cool. It's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it worked and, um, I enjoyed it. And eventually we came around, I said, no, hey, I'm, you know, I'm in, let's, let's do this. Let's see where we can go with it. And, uh, then COVID happened and there was, there was really no reason for me to be, you know, sitting, you know, at that point we were manning shops, just kind of open, grabbing, you know, grab and go. Um, you know, there was no reason for me to be sitting in a shop dealing with eight customers a day who would walk in, buy cigars and leave. And online was booming. Um, I'm f- familiar with desk work and Excel spreadsheets and all that good stuff from my previous employment. So it just kind of fit. And, and, you know, the personality thing and kind of being out and in front was just kind of came natural. So we ran with it. And here I yeah. am doing, doing shows with you guys. <laughs> so w- tell us, like, what's your current role? Like what if if you had to describe a day in the life of Alex Tavella, what what would you say what, you do? Here? What would you say you do here? So. Um, all right. So a- any product that goes up on a site, I created you know i i handle all that any anything new coming in anything that has to get built on the back end of the website is usually done by me um i handle the marketing with with joey who we, we just hired recently um but that's one of the cool things about working at a, at a smaller place like i don't really have a defined role we all just kind of it's kind of part of the culture like we just kind of do it what's got to yeah. get done you, you see know? something so, that needs to be done and you do it Yeah. So, I mean, I primarily work on the website. A lot of it is, you know, data entry, you know, input and inputting new products and, you know, the the God awful uh, price increases that come out every year that I get stuck doing. Um, But then there's the fun stuff, you know, all right, how are we going to attack this on Facebook? Let's get out there, do this, do that, you know, and and, um, I think that's where we excel. 
uh, very well is on social media and and, and putting putting a face to to a, a a place where you spend your money. You know, um, I drive a Hyundai. I never met the CEO of, of Hyundai or a higher up. And, you know, I think that's the cool part. We, we get to, you know, I get to interact with people who actually spend their hard earned money with us. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, so and then there's also the piece of your Saturday mornings are typically taken up with KMA Talk Radio. Now, yes. KMA as a as a entity has been around, you know, quite a while. Were you, tell us how you got involved and became a part of KMA. Was that was that from the very beginning, or was it after KMA had already been going for a while? No, KMA. I I've I've been on KMA a little over a hundred shows, and we're coming up on five hundred in, right. in in a couple of weeks. So, um, I came about after Adam's departure. Okay. They just needed a fill in. So prior to that, I had a, I had guest appeared on one episode of KMA. Um, somebody was out, Paul, well, Paul as usual, or somebody. Somebody was out and Abe was like, hey, you, you want to come do an episode? I need somebody to sit in. Um, I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. I don't. At that point, we were still in the studio um, with guests right. live. Um, so happened to be uh, Lars Tetons as the uh, as the guest of honor oh, that day, which was what, yeah, which was yeah. Hey, here come, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah I'll, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that was a wild episode. And then after that, Adam had left, and uh, you know he needed to fill a spot, and he asked me, and I said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I don't this, this kind of you know it's interesting because you know this 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 stuff is. Um, it just comes easy to me. Like, I don't see it. I know like there's people watching and there's comments and, and, and we're entertaining people. And I love that. But at the end of the day, it's just us talking, you know, a lot yeah. of people get frozen up and you know, it's amazing people. There's people who will like, won't shut up, but like stick a mic in front of their face and they go totally like radio silent. They don't know what to do. And yeah. I mean, to me, it's just, we're just a bunch of guys talking, hanging out and, and really, you know, outside of the structure and, and getting a show together. And there's a lot that goes to it. Obviously you guys know you do this show. I handle a lot with KMA, but um, the best shows are when you can just cruise through a conversation, you know? Yeah. And, and, and you know, that kind of just came easy. So KMA worked. It was just something that, Hey, you want to do it? Sure. Okay. Let's fit. Yeah. And it works. No, that's, and, and it's a, it's a great time. It's always fun watching because, you know, we, us going on, you know, just a little over 200 episodes, we've learned a lot from the people who came before us. And we, we try to, uh, um, you know, learn from uh, you guys at KMA Talk Radio and guys at Cigar Dojo and, and other people who you can tell when people put in the work and, and are prepared, but are still in that prepared framework, like you said, Alex, you're open to just, just riffing and just talking and just kind of going off with whatever the vibe kind of brings. And, um, and uh, you know, we've learned that from you guys. And uh, I think, I think you, you guys do a fantastic job, you know, with, with all of you and, and you keep the guests engaged and you're also good because we've all been there where you have a guest you know where they either get they either get nervous or they're just generally quiet and you you kind of have to you have to play the uh you know the role of dragger and like start pulling answers out of people you're not you're definitely not that kind of way but but sometimes it's a little extra work but it's 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 still worth it you know it's funny because um you know with kma none of us are actually together 
But, yeah. um, you know, we've been in those episodes where we're like texting each other. Like, what are we going to do? How do we, we come up? We need help. Somebody fill in 10 minutes. Think of something. All right. Fuck it. Coop. How the Sixers doing? You know, and so you just, <laughs> what do we need? We're never going to make another 25 minutes. Come up with something. And now you have those guests sometimes. And sometimes, like you said, it's not even that they're like frightened or, or that some, some people are just, you know, short, quick couple word answers. And you're like, you know, I don't know how we're going to fill this time slot. Um, I'm going to let you take the. Do you want to jump into the, the yeah, the the chess game now, or do you? Yeah, I've was... got more. I've got more cigar questions, but I've I feel like I feel like it's time to play some chess. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. But by the way, Garrett, I'm really disappointed. You guys do like a whole sports recap in the beginning of the show, and you didn't even mention Norway chess. I don't know if you were saving it for me or whatever, but I'm a little. Well, I knew that we were going to get to enough chess. <laughs> okay. He's full I mean, of like, shit. He totally. Fa- Fabby is like flushing right now. <laughs> he is, totally. But he had a really bad game against Magnus. Well, you know, it's Magnus I who's know. playing awful classical chess right now. He is. And it's, I can't believe Magnus was the, the game he struggled with, or I should say, you know, Fabi was the one that he won. Uh, yeah. I really, I, I was really into that match that Pilshonifer played against Wang. I totally just made that up. Oops. <laughs> so disrespectful. <laughs> no, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> I just I want to participate, but I have no idea what the hell you guys are talking about. But I mean, the Queen's Gambit. The thing the thing about chess is, and Garrett and I have talked about this, I think I've even mentioned on the show that I love the game of chess. I, I actually love chess movies. I love chess uh talk. I just don't know the first thing about the game. I, I mean I I probably played for the last time 25 or 30 years ago and but i i absolutely love and respect the game i just can't wrap my head around it where'd it go i don't know what you did you know what's cool about chess is you don't even like people don't realize every like abe is immediately ah chess i don't dude there's so much juicy drama in chess you have no idea it is so juicy and drama filled are we rolling are we blitzing yeah, dude. I sent you two. I sent you two two invites. Uh, no, you didn't. Hit play. I did, and it said you've sent too many challenges. Okay, Maybe you so have to wait. create it. Oh yeah, let me see. Play, play online. What are we doing? Three minute blitz. Play a friend. Boom. There we go. Boom. Of course, you draw white. <laughs> all right no i'm just gonna preface this by saying <clears throat> i'm not i don't have a mouse really and, yeah so i'm doing trackpad Oof. that's my that's my early uh that's his early excuse cone yep so this is a two minute blitz you call it yep um Uh, I'm, I'm watching it. I don't understand it, but I'm intrigued. So this is called the King's Indian or the Reti. And this is an early trap. It usually doesn't go this way.
see this is I, while you guys are playing i feel like i because the audio part of this podcast people are going to be like what's happening i don't know what's happening you need to provide the commentary there matt yeah i yes, know uh, so so alex just moved a piece and yeah. now garrett's moving a piece and garrett just moved his rook okay yeah justin knows more about the names of the pieces than i do and interesting all right So yeah, I don't know. How's my time? <clears throat> We're both doing fine. That was awful. Uh, <laughs> that was awful. No, that was awful. That was awful. Uh, HBTC burn knights, not bishops. <laughs> you like that? You like that? <laughs> That's beautiful. So good. Um, All right, now I'm behind a full piece. I I got problems. So this is one of the things I remember from the movie. And I, I may not be remembering it right, but just the fact that I see it on the board here, one of the things that they commented about in the movie, and I know it's not super historically accurate, but is the uh, the comment about bringing out your queen too early. Yep. You see neither one. Search of for Bobby Fisher. Yeah. So, and I, I'll try to, as you guys are trying to deeply concentrate on this game, I'll, I'll confuse you even more. Yeah. Asking for side commentary about the pluses or the pros and cons of bringing out a queen too early. So the queen is worth, if you um, give point values to each piece, the queen is the, is worth nine points. Pawns are worth one bishops and knights. It's debatable between 2.5 and three points a piece, depending on which system you're, um, uh, you subscribe to? Okay. Did you just bring out your king? No, that's my queen. No, that's his queen. Oh, that's your queen. Okay. Oh, your king's back there. Okay. <clears throat> What's a good book for becoming an informed chess player? Bobby Fisher teaches chess. Yes. Justin. Yes. Huey. Yes. Or anything from Jeremy Silman. Anything from Jeremy Silman. Okay. What about? Uh, what are what are some good YouTube channels for the learning the new for the beginner? Yeah, Gotham Chess, Gotham, Gotham. Chess for sure. Okay, hundred percent. Not only is he instructive, but he's entertaining too. Yes. Okay. Personality, which you yes. don't always get in a lot of uh, chess players. Okay, and now it would be fair to say at this point it is basically. Alex's job to not lose or he's yes playing for a draw because he's down material so much. Yeah. So he's just wanting to hang on without giving the game away completely. Okay.
so at what point when you when when you're in a position where you know you're not going to be able to get out of it at what point do you do you finally just resign resign it depends on the player like I know people and I still play people that that um, refuse to resign that refuse that want to go all the way to mate. Um, Alex and I pretty much um, we know uh, and there's not there's another element here too, you know, I'm, I I can I you know, I'm I'm technically playing the flag guy too, so he's a little bit down on time. And if you guys had to guess, or did maybe you, did I just did I just let you did I just leave it hanging? Yeah. Clean? Yep. My God, uh, Rook. If if you guys had to guess, in, in I just left it hanging clean. Of all the oh my gosh, of all the games you have played against too. each other, what where are you at? Could have. Of all the what? Of all the games you've played against, you and Garrett have played against. Oh, I'm gonna flag. Damn it. Uh, I have about last. Uh, let's look. Let's look. Are you on? I lost. Yeah, I lost on time. Um, Garrett, click click my name. So Garrett is thirty three nine and nine. Thirty five and nine and fifty four. What is that? Thirty five wins, nine losses, fifty four draws. Here we go. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you're 50, you have 54 wins, nine draws, and 35 losses. Okay. Because I remember that it must not have been very long after you started playing chess, Alex, because we were at the Great Smoke in January of 2021. All right. right? Or 22. 22. 22. So let me, let me set the stage. Um, we we're having right. a great time. Just wait a minute. Let me tell you, can do you just do you still have that up, Garrett? Yeah. Can you pull it up real quick? Click back, click back a few moves. This is why I hate chess. This is why I hate chess. Um, where's the game? I don't know. You're in the game, aren't you? No. Here we go. Okay. Just click the arrow over here, over to the right. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Go. Now go for totally hanging queen that I left that I let you keep. You moved you moved your knight. <laughs> this is why I hate chess. So I literally and then and then I put it there. You move the knight. I don't take the queen and take your knight instead. This is why I hate chess. Yeah. <laughs> that's what bliss. That's yeah, that's, that's what, what bliss, bliss. does. Yeah. I put it there, you completely miss it, and yep. then I proceed to completely miss it. Yeah. Even though I put it there, and then I miss, and then I miss, yeah, and then you miss totally. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah, this is. So the the people in the world who are the greatest chess players, yeah, is it because they they have fantastic memories? They 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 can remember every possible game they've ever studied. They can remember every possible piece combination. It, um, I heard it explained like this. Have you ever met somebody that has absolutely wonderful, quick wit? Yeah. Right. And then there are other people that are just funny, you know, naturally, amazingly funny, but don't have that quick wit. Yeah. 
it's the same kind of principle with chess. So if you have now, there are grandmasters that are fantastic at the long game and not as strong at blitz and, okay. and vice versa. Um, either one of those, uh, I mean, people that are playing at that level, absolutely destruction. Yeah. Um, the, the best player I've ever played is actually, um, the guy who was the, uh, protagonist for, um, um, searching for Bobby Fisher, uh, Josh Waitskin. Oh yeah. Um, and got to an end game and you played him. Yeah. Yeah. Holy we played, crap. we played three games, destroyed me twice. Wow. Got to an end game, still lost, but, uh, to get to an end game is kind of like the, the hope, okay. you know, of playing somebody that strong. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the really cool part or the story of Josh is, after he realized that he was that good, just the psychology, and he writes a book about it too, the psychology of the pressure of him at that age, he couldn't deal with it. The anxiety mm. and the, the everything just wasn't a part of him and he needed to take frequent breaks and somebody like that, you can't then mm -hmm. break through that glass ceiling. Cause he was what? Nine, 10 so, when he was. So yeah. And he actively yeah. competed hard until he was 12 oh uh, well 14 ish yeah and that's when he started to take some steps back okay. um to as he called it you know getting his life back yeah yeah so it, like the guy we mentioned gotham chess uh he's an international master and he he's excellent chess player excellent at at uh, instructional and entertaining video, but he, he, he says it himself. I mean, this is a guy that can see the moves. He, he's there. He understands the game, you know, at the top level, it's his own pressure on himself that stops him from breaking through to the grandmaster level to the point where he, he really doesn't compete anymore. It's it, his nerves break him down. Yeah. Now are, are you to the point that, if you see a scene in a movie or a TV show that happens to feature a chess game oh. and the chess that's being depicted is not realistic, does yes. it just drive you batty? Ab absolutely. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> absolutely. What's, what's an example? What's an example? So listen. Oh, what's an example? So I watched a scene of um, just recently of uh, the TV show SWAT. Yeah. They were in a park where there were people playing, you know, these, you know, chess hustlers. Yeah. It was all bullshit. It was like, they oh. just got <laughs> actors to be like, just pretend you're playing chess. Yeah. And neither one of them knew yeah. how to do it. And it was like, illegal move, illegal move, illegal move. <laughs> right. But I give them credit. The queen's gambit was oh actually gosh. was real deal. Chess was and real I deal. Wanna, chess. I keep, I keep meaning to look into who they're because I know that they hired either an IM or GM to be the um, the chess consultant. Yeah, the consultant. Yeah, and yeah. I want to I want to find that out. Yeah, I've I, I although I don't know the game, but uh, I did see something, uh, some sort of behind the scenes little featurette or something about the Queen's Gambit where they said that the uh, the chest that's featured is, is all a hundred percent real. Like even I, I know Alex, I don't know how many, how many tournaments have you played? Zero. Okay. So the tournament scenes that 
that they featured in that were 100% accurate. You know, you know who I saw Hikaru say that he's like, this Did is he? what it is. You're yes. He's like, you're in some dingy auditorium yes. somewhere, some basement of some place yes. somewhere. Hikaru's like, if nothing else that what they portrayed perfectly was the, um, the, the real setting of what chess tournaments look like. And what majority of people see, if they see anything in the media on chess is typically the, you know, top tier games that are yeah. played where it's staged, you know, a lot better, yeah. but 95% is what you see in queen's gambit yeah and i've uh, that's another thing that they said that about on this featurette is that the chess tournament world is not glamorous mm -mm. it's it's like they depicted in in even in searching for bobby fisher they showed you know through the the um ben kingsley's character that it is it's sort for a lot of people you know the these guys that that are regulars on the tournament circuit they're they're destitute mm -hmm. they have little to no money yeah they have severe social anxiety uh yep. problems they can't relate to people they have uh, in, in many cases addiction issues mental health issues yeah but they just happen to have a great mind for the game of chess i mean you look at so bobby fisher um for those who don't know, went absolutely batshit crazy. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Completely. I mean, you started seeing signs of it in the seventies when, you know, shortly after he won, um, world championship, um, he disappeared, um, for lots of reasons we won't get into here that are really weird, but, um, and then his resurgence in, in 92, when he went to place Basque again, um, the, the things that he asked for to even play the game were like super crazy. Then sadly he gets super anti-Semitic. Yeah. Yeah. I read that, that he, yeah. he became just, and he thought the government was following him. Everything was about the oh, government. Yeah, it was, and the, yeah. And it was the Jews. Pulling, pulling fillings out of his teeth because yeah. they were the bugged, like totally Correct. Oh boy. Insane. Totally insane. And then you've got Gary Kasparov who is arguably one of the, you know, it, some people either say it's Fisher, Kasparov, or Magnus Carlsen as the best to ever play the game. Yeah. Are the current three. Um, and Gary Kasparov is most likely autistic. Um, most of the people that play in that level, I think, hit the spectrum somewhere. That's Magnus, so Magnus, though. Ma Magnus is big into poker as well. He's, he's Magnus is big into I don't give a shit, and I love him for it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, literally, like, set the stage. This guy decides he's not, you know, this is this guy has been the world champion for a decade, right? He's tired. He doesn't want to do it, which I understand. You know, mm -hmm. I don't play tournament chess, but watching world championships and the grueling exercise that comes to, like, even just preparing for the match that lasts a month long. And Magnus said, look, I did it five times. I don't want to do it anymore. I, di I didn't get anything out of the last one. Yeah. And yep. um, so the, now, fast forward 2023, the world championship is going on. Magnus, for the first time in a decade, will no longer be the championship. And what's Magnus doing? He's cracking aces at a poker tournament. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that the world yeah. championship of chess is going on. There's going to be a new champion, which is a historical event. Um, and he's just, you know, he's playing poker somewhere, cracking aces at a tournament. Air, air out it. the ear, unshaven. I love it. Um, to answer a question, JJ, uh, the egg yeah. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, hey, Garrett, you switched cigars. The egg <laughs> got super hot. And I laid off of it, and actually, it just well, it's still no, it's smoking still a little. Sm it's still putting off smoke. Um, I don't know if the cherry in here was just the almost the entire size of. Well, basically, once you get to that center mass, it's like the size of a golf ball, right? Or if not a little bigger, I mean, that's the smoke got so hot in there that it was uncomfortable. That's a lot of combustion. That's just mm. so yeah. Um, and it. It, yeah, it wasn't good. So I decided to cleanse my palate. Um, oh, yeah, nothing. Oh, nothing. Just a little flat. Yeah, just a little, just a little, some, little, little stunt. Uh, little, you know, <laughs> nothing, nothing major. A little cheapy. Uh, you, know, you, you know what my big movie pet peeve is, though? I'll, I'll tell you. It's I'm a little bit of a history buff, and it same. drives me nuts every same. time I see it. So if you ever watch, like, 300 or any of those – epic war movies right yeah and then you and then like let's say you have the persian archers and they're all back and they're waiting and then somebody goes fire and then they all shoot out fire's not the word there was there right. was there was no lot there was no fire fire came around with guns ancient persians weren't yelling fire to shoot arrows that's and, correct. And it's just my history nerd thing it always drives me nuts that so you have like you know ancient time yelling fire there was no oh, yeah. fire it was not part of the, the term yeah release releasing release yes yeah and and it's funny because in game of thrones they they didn't say release they said loose which i can deal with i can, I deal, can deal with, with it. it's better that than fire but yes. then in the last season they came up with those massive they, they called them scorpions the massive like Trumpet uh crossbow thing. type things oh, that, that fired thing. uh, they fired a bolt that was basically like eight feet long and you know two inch steel in diameter and but when they when they shot those off they said fire while the whole rest of the series the archers right. they would say loose instead <laughs> of i was like you had it right for all they had seasons. it right all these years right and now all of a sudden you say the word fire it just uh, i i'm in the same alex you and i are in the same boat uh historical accuracy in movies drives me batty oh, when yeah. when there are things that that don't fit in the historical period or whatever i mean sometimes if it's for artistic purposes i can deal with it but what when it's just blatant and stupid it makes me want to chew glass i cannot stand it right right well let's talk about cigars again let's get back let's i love the chess talk what, yeah what show is this again this is how about, how about that, that chess oh, oh how wait. about that chess Burn so not now. bishops um, <laughs> <laughs> i think we're onto something uh, so a big uh, thing that's been going on for the past year or so, uh, and I mean, we've seen <sighs> them throughout the history of the cigar industry, but but a couple, you know, big ones have happened in the last year, and that is acquisitions. So what are your thoughts on the pros and cons when a big, uh, when a massive cigar company comes along and buys up a small or a medium cigar company? Where, where are the pros and cons at for the consumers? So the con for the, I'll start with the con. The con for the consumer is that it, 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 and it, it may be a real con. It may not be the first worry for the consumer is always are the blends going to change? Is it going to turn into, and we've seen that happen. So, so it's legitimate. It doesn't always happen. Um, but that, that's a first concern, and that could be a con. You know, we've seen that happen. Uh, the, the pros, 
I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I guess it's good for a consumer. But look, a lot of a lot of these these bigger companies, um, even though they come with a lot more strings attached, they do come with a lot more manpower and a lot and a lot bigger of a machine. And um, sometimes you'll be able to see see the and especially when when a smaller company gets bought up with that that principle kind of stays on. You know, you you may be able to see them move at, at, at a quicker speed and, and, and kind of see things come out or things that maybe they couldn't do, uh, be it their own financial situation or whatever it was that, um, you know, can kind of take effect that normally they wouldn't do on their own. I don't, I don't put too much into it. You know, I definitely don't knock anyone for selling their company. I mean, let's be real. These guys are in business. That's, that's, that's the goal. You know, yeah. I, I don't, I didn't, you know, if you wanted Alan Rubin, for example, to be, you know, slinging cigars at the age of 80, I, I think that's a, a selfish way to look at it. You know, yeah. congratulations to them. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's always a big question mark and there's always going to be that perception of, oh, they sold the general. Everything sucks now. It's all going to suck. I mean, we don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But um, there's definitely um, there's definitely that concern. But um you know, I just look at it. Look, you know, c- congratulations to these guys. You know, I think, you know, I look at a guy like Matt Booth and 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 Room One Hundred One. I I haven't seen much change. I think it's worked out pretty positively for him. You know, he's, I agree. He's he's still Matt Booth. I mean, you know, he he hasn't changed. But you know, he doesn't have, um, you know, STG tying him down. That's for sure. He's as nuts yeah. as he's always been. <laughs> uh, so it can go either way. Um, I don't think I think the worst thing a consumer could do is rush to judgment or, you know, elect to not smoke cigars you enjoy anymore. You know, I mean, look, big, big companies are just part of life now. You know, people you go to Target, you go to Walmart. You yeah, uh, they, it just is what it is. It's part of the game. You know, I congratulate those guys for making, you know, making a move for themselves and their families. But yeah. uh, I, I, I withhold judgment, you know, let the cigars speak for themselves. And my greatest Hans Neiman impersonation, only Garrett. <laughs> <understand> that. <laughs> um, what about uh, what about pricing trends? Because you you know a lot about pricing and cigars because you deal with it on a daily basis, really. So what are are you seeing more? uh I guess cigars north of thirty, forty dollars than than you have in the past, or or is is have we have those cigars always been around? Uh, and where do you see the trends going in the last couple of years? No, so they they definitely haven't always been around. Uh, not at the level that I think we're seeing them. You know, I mean, if you go back a few years, you start talking thirty dollars cigars. What are we talking? We're talking Davidoff couple family reserve padrones and opus here and there yeah um not really a ton of of that type price range cigars you're seeing it a lot more um i think we're seeing companies start to try and kind of put their feet into that realm whether it's a one-off or a limited um you know i like like uh you know, Nick Foundation, they, he did the uh, Senature. Yeah. If I said that right. I don't know. That was a $30 cigar. But um, you really have to have some legs under you to be able to do that, you know, and really be able to – you have to – look, when you get into that range, 
you start getting what's the word I'm you start comparing it to the Davidoff, the Padron. You know, when I'm spending when I'm spending 20, 25, 30 bucks, I'm comp- is this worth me not buying a family reserve 45 and spending 30 bucks on this instead. You know, you start, you start getting looked at at a different benchmark. Mm -hmm. You know, some companies have done it successfully. I mean, you, you look at like, um, you know, just the line itself at a bay, um, that entire line lands above 30 bucks. But I, I I think it's, it's a cigar that's worth that kind of money. Um, I'm seeing it more. Um, what, I'm really seeing more than that is that, I mean, the eight to $10 range is almost extinct as far as a a good, you know, there's stuff out there, but it's not, you know, the eight to 10 range has become the 10 to 13 range. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I guess it's just part of life. You know, things get more expensive, but um, yeah, there, there's definitely more people, you know, taking that shot at that, that higher end cigar. Um, they just have to do it right. I mean, if you can do it right and 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 create a product that is is worth that kind of money, cool. You know, you'll 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 be able to to make do with it. But well, you'll I good. Sorry to interrupt, Alex. I wonder, and we've talked about this on the show too. The amount of quality control issues we've seen over the last couple of years, true, that have happened in that bracket of cigars has increased while those have been doing it a long time, I think experience a a lot less of that. People aren't willing to pay $30 consistently for a cigar that's going to have quality control issues. When I buy an Atabay, when I buy an Opus, when I buy a high-end Davidoff, Davidoff, I know that that's a cigar I can trust. Yes. Yes. I, I agree. I agree completely. And, and, your, your your my standard of quality control gets higher with the higher price tag. You know, I don't if I'm Correct. spending thirty on a cigar, absolutely, um, I better be able to light that thing and really shouldn't have to touch it with a lighter again. Yep. You know, um, yeah. and then you're right, you're right. So you know, the guys that have been doing it, I think, understand that, and uh, the guys that are kind of dipping their toe in there, you know, some of them are going to learn a hard lesson. If you're going to put out a thirty, thirty-five, forty-dollar product, it, it's got to smoke and 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 perform like the other thirty-five, forty-dollar products that we're used to paying for. Yep. Well, and Steve Crane's got a good question. It's uh, on. A, do you think companies are riding the inflation wave in a justified way or in an aggressive way for a money grab? Honestly, I, I, I think. An aggressive money grab is justified, but it's not always. That doesn't mean it's smart, and it doesn't mean it's going to pay off in the long run. My, in my opinion, you know, because like Alex said, if the if the quality and consistency of the product isn't there at thirty five dollars, forty five dollars, then customers who are willing to pay on a regular basis thirty five or forty dollars for a single cigar are going to go back to the legacy brands that have consistently performed. Right. And I, and I don't know that I've seen any examples in the last, you know, um, two years, I'll say, of an outrageous, what I would consider money grab um, or a, 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 an inflation or a rise in price that is what I would consider un, almost riding unethical. Right. Um, that's not something i've seen a whole lot in in this industry yeah i mean ethical is it's it's like the uh you know pick pick a cigar that's just really off the charts expensive the 
Oro Blanco. The Oro Blanco. It's I, now I think it's up to 16, 16 or sorry, six hundred dollars per per cigar. Yep. On One of a hundred bucks. So, is it unethical to sell a cigar for six hundred dollars? I mean, is it is it tangibly actually worth that much money? Probably not. But is a bottle of of uh, you know Pappy Van Winkle tangibly worth? $3,600 on the secondary market is, uh, is, a MD 2020 is MD 20. <laughs> I mean, look at any, any product that's made and sold. Yeah. It, it's, it's all the, the market, the market there's, there's going to be, yes. There are, there going to be people who try to make more money for a product than than what it's actually worth. Of course, that's going to happen in any industry, any type of product. But as consumers, we have a choice. We have a choice on what we're going to spend our money on and what we're not going to spend our money on. And I agree, Eric, Pappy is not worth $3,600 for a bottle. Um, it's not even worth $600 for a bottle. But the secondary market, it's... It, the, the secondary market has become what it is. I think social media has contributed a lot to this in the last five, six years, where whether it's cigars, bourbon, wine, barbecue, you know, uh, computers, what, you know, smartphones, uh, the newest tech, the newest watches. Do you remember when um, the Matrix phone came out? Oh, yeah. Totally. So <clears throat> Sprint had the exclusive to sell these Sony slide out matrix yep. phone just like the one from the movie just like the one you from push the, movie. the button and it slides slides it clicks open that's all it did yeah it wasn't really anything didn't do anything um so i bought seven of those oh for um i want to say they were um 320 a piece back in 99 yeah yeah In, uh, on ebay we sold them for a thousand dollars a piece yeah and got it yeah and that's the price that the market dictated. Yep. Because, and it's not, it's because if, and it happens, it doesn't happen overnight. It happens where somebody sells something for a certain price and the next day somebody, a different buyer pays more for it. And then two hours later, another buyer pays even more than that and so on and so on and so on. And then when buyers, when that levels off, then it starts to go the other way or it just, you know, stays at a level, but it's the, if you're selling a product and in my mind, and I'm, I'm like a big free market capitalist guy. If you're selling a product and the market can withstand a certain price increase, then I don't necessarily fault the company for selling the product at a higher price if the market can sustain it. But sometimes I think people get their eyes too big for their stomachs and they try to sell a product for more than it's worth. Yep. And we see that in the cigar industry too. Yeah. And they're, uh, they are at some point, uh, sifted out. Yeah. You know, the other side too is look, I, I don't, I don't think that, you know, Raising prices is a scary proposition for for manufacturers, right? You know, because you, you can get blowback easy. Uh, but you know, we got to realize something. You know, it's not it's not it's not just 
And uh, I think it was Steve. Steve made a point earlier. 2021 was like the year. And remember, this is prior to all the inflation craziness. 2021 was like the year for me that uh, and it, it was like. Normally, it's like the usual suspects, eight, 10 price increases, you know, companies that Padron's always going up a dollar. It is what it is. Um, 2021 was like, whoa, I just did like my 25th company's price increase. What is going on? And now it's it's, you know, 2022 is kind of the same way. But uh, yeah, that was the year that was like, man. But look, you know, there, there, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just the cigar, you know, boxes you know, became scarce, ink became scarce. So there's a lot of cost associated to, and there's, there's a risk with the manufacturer, right. you know, the consumer yeah. can turn around and say, you know what, I'm not buying that cigar anymore. Right. I was okay with it at 1050. I'm not okay yep. with it at 1150. I'll go find another 1050 cigar to smoke. So, I mean, look, it, it, you know, it doesn't affect the re retailer. You know, we buy cigars for X and sell them for Y. Um, yeah. You know, obviously we don't like to see, increases go crazy because eventually you know people can only afford what they can afford and um but it, i mean it just it's it, you know what'll be interesting is to see over the next few years if the amount of of manufacturers raising prices year over year continues or will it kind of level out and go back to what it was you know people skip a year eight ten guys this year eight ten next year yeah um we'll see i mean look you know things aren't getting any cheaper in life that's for sure and i agree with that and i think I think you're right. The market's going to go where it goes. And a big part of that is going to be uh, if, if we have a recession and, you know, because people aren't going to have as much, you know, extra cash to buy cigars. And, you know, if, if, if we have a recession, that's, that's absolutely going to affect things. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, sure. Um, so I want to talk, talk to you about, cause I, I don't know. I know sometimes you go to different shows and things like that. Are you, are you a PCA trade show guy where you go with the team to the PCA show? No. Okay. I'm the, I'm, I'm the, somebody's got to in the coop guy. Yeah, I'm that guy. Damn it. Why do I have to be trustworthy? Uh, yeah, I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, that guy. Uh, well, um, so one of the other things that I really wanted, to, I have two others and one's kind of a, uh, curious question that I've never, I don't know if I've ever asked anybody this before, but I'm curious, uh, especially Alex, your thoughts, because I love the fact that you, you are a no BS guy. You wear your heart on your sleeve. You're like, it is what it is. If you like my opinion, great. If you don't, I don't give a shit. And I love that about you. So what is your least favorite thing about the cigar industry? Um, from the inside, um, sometimes you have to deal with personalities like, you know, you're not rock stars, guys. You make, you know, you roll up dead plants and <laughs> sell them, you know, like, um, oh you know, my God, I love it. like, you're, you know, outside of, you know, I look, you know. Nobody wants to watch me on their screen outside of the cigar world. Like sometimes we've, you know, people get a little inflated. I like, I love that. I love that so much. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's true. We're just, we're, it's not heavy lifting. It's just, no, it's, you know, it's yeah, just cigars. Not, yeah, it's just cigars, man. We're not that popular. We're so, <laughs> I I, we're, I we're so niche. We're so niche. Like we don't even yeah. know sometimes. 
I mean, there's what in the in the United States, there's three million cigar smokers. That's not very many. It's less than one percent. Right. And how many yeah. of those actually smoke every day out of that? Three right. Well, they right. Have, how many? How many of those are watching right. cigar podcasts? Right. And, right. Yeah. <laughs> hardly worried any, about you know chasing down where you are. Yeah. You know what your next event is at whatever store you're at. You know, right. Not, yeah. Our our faithful people right now watching and uh, and commenting live. You're you are the cream of the crop. The point zero one percent. Yep. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, the, the average cigar consumer, I, I mean, they've done studies on this a bunch of times. Even the FDA did studies on it that the average cigar consumer has one cigar a week. If they call themselves like in a survey, if they call themselves a premium cigar smoker, they have one a week. That's the that's over 75 percent of people who classify themselves as a premium cigar smoker. So, you know, for us who have, you know, four or five, six a day we're the we're the we're the nerds who just yes. yeah you know and and we just get into it and it's it's like you said alex uh, you know it, you had to find something to replace and you found this rabbit hole of cigars and you you study all the little minutia about the leaf and the way they make them and how to get the you know the best look for the pictures for the website and all this different it's it's just endless the rabbit hole but but the rabbit hole could be anything it could be uh it could be chess it could be poker oh, it could be hole. i mean it's just insane and but we find the hobby that that speaks to us that gives us all the facets and and the cigar industry is that and the cigar hobby is that you get relaxation you get a chance to nerd out about some stuff from different parts of the world different types of leaves you get to hang out and chat with every different type of person you can possibly imagine yep and and um there's just there's there's way more cool people in the business than there are bad people we stole that from the post office i was just I, I was i was gonna ask you about that earlier i was like is that an actual official u.s postal service card yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we stole that from the post office. Oh, I love that. That that's from you know back in the day before we had the warehouse. Yeah. Allegedly, right? Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. It was acquired. You found it behind a dumpster somewhere. <laughs> they left. They left it here. It's on them. So uh the last thing before we get to the next segment is um uh we know that uh the it was announced at the end of this year's Great Smoke. Uh, what's going to be happening at next year's Great Smoke. So just give us a, a quick 30-second preview of of uh, the theme and the ideas behind uh, the Great Smoke 2024. Yes. So 2024 Great Smoke will be themed the Year of the Dragon. Um, at current moment, we have nothing mapped out. But, um, you know, if you've, if you've attended or you've watched, as you know, uh, you know, we go through painstaking detail to make sure it's as epic a show every year um this is just this is a cool theme you know it's we just kind of sit around and like what themes would be cool you know what would be cool and uh, we just kick ideas around and and this is one we came out with and we already have 2025's theme but um look the goal the goal of the great smoke is to be bigger better more fun um every year we spend we spend more time on what things can we do to have a fun time 
um, light years more time than than we do on like you know what's the look we want to give quality products we want to sure make sure people get huge bang for their buck but what's most important for us is the experience and make sure people come out of there uh, saying that was fun I had a ball I want to do that again so we're we're just in the beginning stages you're the dragon man I mean there's so many places we can go with that um you know i want like a samurai sword or something uh, I mean, you know what i mean like something's got to be going on um but it, it's all about just how how fun can we make this event you know yeah and um i think that's 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 what is the difference you know for the great smoke it's not a cattle call it's not just about look we want people to get big bang for their buck and a lot of cigars and be able to smoke and say you know even just the the for the cost of the ticket what i'm getting is awesome but i want to make sure that that experience is, is what you remember yeah. you know and, and that's just that's just our culture around here you know we say it all the time we always you know even with new hires we always ask them what do, what do we sell and we always oh, sell cigars. Like, no, no, we don't. You know, like gas stations sell cigars. Like anywhere, yeah. nobody comes out and says, Man, that was the best Padron exclusive oh I ever had. I'll always come back to this place for it. You know, yeah. um, it's all about the experience. And we just take the great smoke and do that on a mega level. Yeah. So, and I just wanna I wanna respond to a comment. Even less people play chess. <laughs> so let me just give you let me give you some numbers. Oh, oh, well, I was oh, say, I was talking about the U.S., but you know. no, I know, no, I know. Okay, so so there are fewer than three million people in the United States that are chess players. Oh no, there are oh there are way more. Oh, there are way more. Oh okay, that's there are way more. Uh, but globally, so here's the global number. Wait, don't tell me. I'm going to say the global number of people in the world who call themselves chess players. And that was redundant because I said global in the world. That's the same thing. Uh, around the world, people who call themselves chess players, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say one and a half billion. Okay. Alex? I think I might be a little light. Uh, 100 million. No I'm, I'm going to go. Two billion, because there's what? What is the world population now? Eight billion. Did we officially cross the eight billion mark? I uh, think. Yeah, it's true. So yeah. I, I'll say one and a half. Justin, I'm going with one point seven five. One point seven five. Okay, you guys are a little heavy on uh, the number. So, Chess.com um, estimates the total number of active players as six hundred million. Okay. Uh, USCF alone has 7.5 million, which is just the U.S. Chess Federation of. Oh active, wow! So that's not even just recreational. That's not recreational. Chess that's, players. That's, that's active tournament. Right. Chess so that I mean, if you if if you look at if you look at recreational players who who you know like to play online or just sit down with a chessboard with a grandfather <laughs> or something, it's possible that. It could be at the one billion mark. Oh, absolutely. You know. Yeah, yeah. So. And we'll go with that. And and you know, the, I was chess is also the the oldest game that is still played today. Yeah, that's when when was chess? Like this, six hundred A.D. or something. Oh like no, that? it's way it, before that. Uh, so, uh, there's there's a few different stories of either China or India and who hmm. came up with it first. And it, but e up. even in its current form, 
Correct. Even in current form, it's still yeah. been it's been played in its current form for a thousand right. years. Yeah. That's Dan Thompson's got a good question. Is chess older than backgammon? I wonder that too. Yes. It is okay. Not, I don't. I'm not. I don't know about it in its current form, but from I its think, origins, yes. I think the one game that rivals current form is Mancala. I am. I've. I think I've heard that term before, but I don't know anything about it. It's where you've got the stones and. Oh yes, oh, yes. Yeah. Like in Beautiful Mind. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Think yeah. go. No, nope, not go. It's uh, Mancala. It's played with stones. Um, you get four stones in each little thing, and there's two sides, and you're trying to get all of your stones into one end. If if chess breaks my brain, Mancala would put me in the loony bin, like, permanently. Yeah. Mahjong, I don't know. Mahjong. Chess is the most stressful thing that I do. For enjoyment. <laughs> for enjoyment. It's, yeah, funny it's, how more, we... it's more stressful than my job. I Just to give you a glimpse right now, just to give you a glimpse, I will go home after this show and be in pain that I allowed Garrett to hang his friggin' queen and I didn't take it. It will pain me until I win another game against Garrett. And then That's and what thing. and you'll spend time I'll close and, my eyes and see. Yeah, and you'll figure you'll try to figure out ways to not make that same mistake again. <laughs> How many people who who play chess are actively dating? Yeah, that's uh zero at the top left. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably a low number. Um so Garrett, yeah, is it time? Oh. I think so. All right guys, it is now time for this week's Numero, Numero de, de los Muertos. Too many buttons, too many buttons. Uh, and as always, guys, Numero de los Muertos brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. I was it. I feel it with the title. I mean, I just had oh, to go. There. It feels right. I am so jealous yeah, just, right now that I don't right. have a sombrero to wear. Oh, I'll have to I, stop by the sombrero store tomorrow. I'm making up for my my bad intro. <laughs> no, it's that's fantastic, bro. Um, all right, so Numero de los Muertos, episode two oh four. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? Well, first, before I say the numero de los muertos, I want to give uh, thanks to Matt for this hat that didn't quite work out for him. Um, this is uh, one of Miguel's, Miguel Chaudel's hat, and it's dope, and it didn't quite work for Matt. No, I, I didn't realize that I have a head the size of like a hot air balloon. Those guys make oh, great hats. They're beautiful hats, they're, and I'm I'm gonna have to talk to Miguel and see if they they can make some more uh, larger six X, like for yeah. It's I have a gargantuan cranium. I was just gonna go there. <laughs> it's like Sputnik, <laughs> spherical but pointy and pots. <laughs> All right, numero de los muertos. We have got 
on average, 2,500 people a year die from this globally. All right. Is it chest related? I should say, uh, I'm going to give you guys a bit. 2,500 people die from being a part of this. Is it chest related? No. <laughs> you, fa- you failed me. No, All right. I looked. All right. I looked. I figured you would. Does it happen exclusively indoors? No. Does it happen exclusively outdoors? No. Does it involve goats? Um, can't answer that. <laughs> no. I, I mean, okay. it's not well, goat just, related. I mean, yeah, because we're talking to the goat. We're talking yep. to the goat. Alive. I just. I mean, yeah. he's not dead, right? So yeah. I. Yeah. Full disclosure, I looked for goats too. <laughs> I figured does it involve does it involve animals? No. Uh probably not. So not running of the bulls? No. Are vehicles involved? Um no. So no cow crash? Okay. No cow crash. Would would does these be considered workplace accidents? Nope. Does Medical involve, procedure? No. Does it all swing sets? Not swing sets. Darkness retreats? No. Is it a recreational activity? No. Next question. Okay. And it's okay. It's not work related. It's not a recreation. So this is for pleasure. Does it involve swing sets? <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love our viewers. Some of the some of the guesses are just the, well. It ain't got that best. swing. It it ain't got that. It's Jordan got its own solar system. <laughs> oh. Is it naturally occurring? Oh, is it naturally occurring? That's a good. Uh, Say that a different way. <laughs> I mean, I can ask. It's what is this? Is it food? All right, is it food related? No. Well, no? sometimes. Okay. TikTok videos. Can you give me the number again? You said twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred globally. Is, I want you to is, ask the question the way you ask. Ask the question again. On average. 2,500 people die from being a part of one of these. Okay, so that's a specific question. Being a part of one of these. Yes, yes. Is it a a, a spectator sport event? No. Transportation? Nope. Owl attack? (laughs) I love it. No? Okay. Going, going to an to... Eagles game. That's a great guess. That is a great guess. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you wear the wrong jersey. <laughs> right, yeah. Baptism? Um, Baptism, no. Dan Thompson says cult deaths. Yes! Is that it? It is! Oh, Dan. Dan, Dan. Thompson. I love Dan. Yes! With the, just the like 60 yards. Shout out to my cousin Justin, by the way. I see you there. Oh, um, Nessa was oh. right after him. Oh, too. right after that. It was, yeah, at least that's the way it shows up in our comments ordered because one 25, was on Facebook, still? one was on YouTube. 2,500 people a year globally. And there's, so when I was looking this up, you guys, so like it's sad as shit. Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be. And apparently there was just this huge cult in Kenya um, where 600 people just recently died from uh, a super weird, crazy cult. There's cult stuff that happens all over the world that we don't obviously hear about it, but are most of these like mass? Yeah, Dan, I knew there was something to the way he asked the question, Dan. It wasn't yeah. just like Jim Jones kind of thing. Yeah. With drinking the Kool-Aid. Is it a lot of mass? So in the way that this 
particular organization, Classified Cults, is a fringe religion with a charismatic single leader. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, I don't remember who the somebody famous once said the difference between a religion and a cult is a cult's leader is alive. Oh, interesting. Like the figurehead of the figurehead of the movement mm -hmm. is a, if if the if that figurehead is currently alive, that's a cult. If the mm -hmm. figurehead is so is a socialite dead and written about in the yeah. like the lore, then that's a religion. Yeah, the socialites are definitely a cult. The social, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, and we're talking the leader right now. Right? One, of us, one of us. One of us. Google gobble. One of us. Google gobble. Google. We accept it. We accept it. All of a sudden, I'm thirsty for Kool Aid. I don't know. Why. Uh, yeah. <laughs> great Smoke 2024. Yeah, Great Smoke 24. Oh shit! That's why uh, questions like uh, "Is food involved?" or uh, "Baptism," you know, it's could, like could be, yeah. yeah probably uh, twenty five hundred people a year from cult activity. Yeah, isn't that bro? Isn't that scary? It is scary. Is I'd like to see the breakdowns by country. Not that I'm I'm not not asking you for that now, but it's just it's all over the place. It has to be. It has to be. Hmm. Yeah, and there. And the 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 global map on this, yeah, like there were some dead zones, you know, where cultures don't happen, obviously, dead like zones. like sub-Saharan Africa yeah. and places like that. But like places where there are no people, probably, yeah, yeah. they're less likely. That, I love I love the places where there are people, and then the people want to try and go there and bother those people. <laughs> and they're coming, you know, like I like those people, man. Leave us the fuck alone, all right. They want to come in out of nowhere and set up yeah. an HOA. Have you heard bullshit. the good news? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love those the guys. The ship is coming. <laughs> Drink this. I promise. It'll be fine. Why would Jonestown be on ESPN? That's odd. That's just, I feel like that's an odd place for Jonestown. ESPN. Right? Yeah, ESPN. I would, I would watch that on like Netflix, but ESPN, right? I would think. Wow. Dude, there's some awesome cult documentaries on. Oh, yes. Yeah, they, they, yeah, the Waco one about so here, David Koresh and all the, that. You know what Waco stands for, right? What? We ain't coming out. <laughs> Here's oh, my question to you guys, shit. though. Justin's After, got jokes. So have we all oh, watched shit. that Waco documentary? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would you now, knowing what you know now, consider what they did wrong would you consider them a, a legitimate cult well i mean yeah but that's in my mind that's not the point in my mind were they a cult yes were they posing an imminent threat to the security of the united states or even themselves no i know i don't, i mean to themselves that's that's subjective. Subjective. And people, you know, even if they are quote unquote brainwashed, they're still adult human beings making their own decisions. Right. So, so, all right, my inner libertarian kind of kicks in here, but all right. So knowing what we know now is the important part because look, yeah. you know, you start getting with the stuff with kids and teenagers and, and, and marrying this guy and all that weird shit. Yeah. You know, probable pedophilia, yeah, you, you mm -hmm. know, but when if you go back to the time, right, 
was there a justified assault on American citizens? Uh, I, I don't see it. You know, I don't see, if you're going to go there, it. if you're going to go there, then you have to look at like, you know, where did this stem from? Where did this guy and look at Ruby Ridge? And that was totally fucked up. Correct. That, yeah. guy. So, that one. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I agree with all of that. Well, we had a, it's funny years, years later, this was, gosh, when would this have been? Uh, 20, uh, 18 years ago, we were, my wife and I started going to this new church and the pastor's name was Jimmy Jones and oh, he grew up as Jim Jones, but then he changed his, you know, he started going by Jimmy after all this happened because really? I mean, why I should I like change I my gonna, name? I mean, I would have gone, I, I would have gone house and like changed it officially. Yeah. So, I, I don't know about the Jim, maybe the Jones might've been the one, you know, right. I could have, I, I don't, you know, I, Jim I, Jones, I, the the Jimmy Jones doesn't give me much comfort. I yeah. I'd be say. like, my name's Bob now. Yeah. My name, yeah. Or, or John or whatever. Yeah. James. Yeah. 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 Why should I change my name? He's the, <laughs> He's the one who sucks. Oh, Michael Bolton. <laughs> What's your favorite? <laughs> I celebrate the guy's entire catalog. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Well, that uh, was this week's numero, numero de los muertos. <laughs> oh, sh I couldn't even get through it. Oh, shoot. Oh. All right. I got to pull myself together here. All right. Let's uh, jump into the lightning round. Brought to us by J.C. Newman Cigar Company, America's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker, creators of the popular Brick House, Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown, and The American. J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112-year-old El Relo Cigar Factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or visitor experience, please visit jcnewman.com. All right. Lightning round questions coming in hot. All right. So, Alex, if you could hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes, who would it be and why? My my 19-month-old child or my 21, whatever he is. My almost two-year-old child. Oof. For 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 two reasons. For for one, because he's absolutely like out of his mind. It's always that second child that'll kill you. But you're not wrong, but he, 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 he doesn't talk yet. Right. He's like, and I always, this is just my, maybe my think too much thing. Like I'm always curious of what are the thoughts of somebody who doesn't actually talk yet? Like what are the other, he's not thinking, I think in words, right. What is he, how does he, how does his brain work? Yeah. Because you know they're right on the verge. You know they're thinking stuff. Yeah, yeah. they're like right there. Yeah, right but they there. just can't. They just can't make the words. I totally agree with that. And like uh, when he just comes up to me, and he's having he's like, oh, I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Why? 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 Yeah, you want to? I want to know. You want to hear like, the thought process? Yeah, because it wasn't an decision. anger thing. Like, hey, <laughs> oh, for what purpose? What Absolutely. the fuck drove you to that? Uh. All right, so if you were about to get into a fight, yes, what would your soundtrack music be? Eye of the Tiger. Oh, okay. <laughs> from Philly. Yeah, Philly. Oh. Yeah, that's. Yeah, you have to. I get it. Have to. I mean, I have to. All right. So, when you were a kid or a teenager, who was your number one celebrity crush? Oh, kid or a teenager, number one celebrity, Lil' Kim. 
Oh, oh. I do not hate that okay. answer. Love okay. it. Okay. That first album cover. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. The the outfit at the MTV Music Awards. Yeah. Then she. Now she. Looks yeah. Like then. Yeah. Then things happened. Things happened. All right, bro. <laughs> Come on. The zombies are coming. All right. Thanks, Carlson. You get, <laughs> you get. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't apply. Oh, I love it so much, though. <laughs> you get three draft picks from the cigar industry to be on your zombie apocalypse survival team. Who do you pick and why? Okay, so they have to be people that everybody knows, right? I, not just, necessarily. Just anybody from anybody the cigar from industry. The cigar industry. All right. Anybody from the cigar industry. Um, I'm taking Pete Johnson. I feel like he has experience here. If, if, if nothing else, he's going to provide me the intel of what the fuck these zombies are doing. Yes. Right? Yep. Zombies, yes. monsters. Okay. Um, um, I feel like Steve Saka owns a few guns. He's a New Hampshire guy. He seems like a wilderness type. So I'm taking Steve. Taking Steve. And... Um, um, all right, I need one more, right? Yep, one more. So, this last one, it's yes, you're fucking right. I'm taking booth, taking yes, booth. yes, taking fucking booth, yes. ex marine, marine, yes, L- lots and of guns. Worst case scenario, it goes to hell, booth will fuck them. It just <laughs> All right, that was the end of How About That Cigar. Everybody have a great night. That was the best <laughs> zombie apocalypse moment about that cigar. Woo! And it's going to be Boofy approved. That's the best part. Oh, oh. oh my gosh. Oh. Somebody I, tag Matt Booth in the comments, please. I've never <laughs> thrown my headphones and had to walk off laughing before that's that was oh lord that's priceless what else you got (laughs) we gotta we gotta save other questions for next time we have you on the show that's that's i'm spent (laughs) after that booth comment holy shit that was fantastic um all right let's move into this week's Notable Smokables and Notable Smokables brought to us by Luciano Cigars. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. Uh, so each week we name a cigar that we smoked recently that was notable to us. It could be a cigar that's been on the market for decades that we revisited for the first time in a long time or a cigar that's brand new to the market that we tried for the first time ever. Uh, Alex, uh, we know you were sick for a little while, but uh, what's something you smoked recently that stood out to you? So prior to that, I actually have a box here. I'll show you. Uh, the McAuliffe Black. Oh, very um, nice. I, I got to try them. We had them here. They're available um, now on Smoke In. But um, I like this cigar. Not it. Not only is it a good cigar, but I like when you see a company like take big departures from what they normally do and try something new. And that's what they did here. This is a, a good, full-body, strong cigar. And uh, it's outside of their normal realm. Great price, eight bucks. Unfortunately, I haven't smoked one in like two weeks because I've been sick. And I and I wanted to smoke one tonight, but I said I know it's gonna taste like shit because everything tastes like shit. So I'm not it, and it's too strong for me right now for just getting over sick. But yeah, um, yeah that's a cigar that stood out to me when I smoked it for sure. Mostly 
because you know not only is it a good cigar but it it's as somebody who smoked a lot of McAuliffe and, and and i have a good relationship with those guys to see these guys take a jump and a departure from what they normally do i like that kind of stuff yeah nice 100 uh, garrett's what what's a notable for you this week <clears throat> man i was uh so i've I've got a hot tub in the backyard and <clears throat> I was smoking a um, Amendola Especial and damn it, I've only got two of these left <laughs> and that cigar is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. I can't choose between which I like best between the Padrino and the Especial and I, I texted Jeff and I was like, bro. <laughs> I'm so pissed. I've only got two of these left. And he was like, yeah, it's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really nice cigar. So good. Yeah, those so, guys make good stuff, man. They really do. And the, uh, honestly, the, the especial and the Padrino, they're literally like this for me. And they I, didn't I mean, get the love or the attention in, in the media that I felt like they did because of when it was released, they weren't really qualified for any year of the list. It was, you know? Yeah. It was a tricky time. Yeah. Um, And so I, I, I just hope that people get a chance to really enjoy that cigar and, and yeah. get on that train because it's a phenomenal cigar. So my notable this week, it, you guys are going to laugh. I'm going way outside of the box here, and I know this is a, pr a show about premium hand-rolled cigars. Where are you going? So as, as we all know, um, I am a big uh, fisherman. I love to go fish, and there's this group of guys that I go fishing with. Um, we try to go a couple times a year. Sometimes it only works out once a year, and it's we've been doing this forever, a very, very, very long time mm -hmm. since before I was a premium cigar smoker. And you know, sometimes they'll even now they'll buy like black and milds or whatever, and that's not what I'm talking. I'm not talking about a black and mild. I'm not talking about marble red. This is a big preamble, man. This better hit. No, so so <laughs> one of the guys bought the yellow box, the Anthony and Cleopatra Grenadiers. And I smoked one of those last weekend. And honestly, it's okay. Let me get this out of the way. It's not a good cigar, but it's amazing how aroma is one of the strongest connectors to memory. And that, yes. I mean, as soon as I lit up that cigar, that they still taste and smell exactly the same. Yep. And it, the memories just took me back to like our first one or two fishing trips ever, like 20 years ago. Yep. And it was just amazing how quickly all those memories started rushing back, just smelling that cigar. And I first. smoked that cigar down to the fucking nub. Yep. And it was terrible. Yes. But <laughs> I didn't care. I didn't care because all these memories kept flooding yeah. back as I was smoking this cigar. So that's a very outside of the box uh, notable smoke for it. me this week. But I just I had to mention it because of because that was one of the first, you know, when I when I was a cigarette smoker, then the first time I smoked like a cigar that was that actually looked like a cigar you know, that wasn't a black and mild or a Swisher filter tip or whatever was an AYC Grenadier in the yellow box. Yep. You know, and this is, like I said, actually, this is more than, I mean, the first time I smoked a Grenadier was probably 92, 90, 95, some, somewhere in there. Yeah. 95 for me. And I remember <clears throat> I was fly fishing with my stepdad 
and it's a fishing cigar. He gave me one. Yeah. And I was 17 and I was like, finally, cause I had been hunting and fishing with him and yeah. smelling that cigar for years. And he gave me one and it was just like this moment of, ah, oh, and yeah, I bet. And I haven't had one in years. It brought I me bet. back. It I brought bet, me man. back. And the other guys finished the rest of them, but I was like, oh shit. I think, cause we're going again this weekend. Oh, dope. And I was like, oh shit, I might actually pay real cash money for a box of grenadiers i yes. can't believe i'm gonna do that but i might actually do that this weekend love it. don't judge me people no. don't judge me <laughs> hey man go for it yeah uh so that was this week's notable smokable brought to us by luciano cigars improving lives through fine cigars visit lucianocigars.com to learn more uh, so we have some great coming attractions to let you guys know about. Those are brought to us by A.J. Fernandez. Born and raised in Cuba, A.J. Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of cigars provides blend strength and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Dias de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from AJ Fernandez. So, uh, and just a quick little note to throw in there. Uh, the final tonight in uh, Stanley Cup final game two, uh, Golden Knights seven, Florida Panthers two. Uh, so two game, two games to zero lead for uh, for Vegas. Um, good luck, Florida. Um, <laughs> so next week on the twelfth, we have none other than Mike. Mike Shebenkabich from Cigar Hustler and Cigar Hustler Podcast. And they have the new Postania Corona Gorda that mm -hmm. we are going to be talking about on the show. And then following that, on the 19th, we have Allison, another very difficult last name to pronounce. Yeah. Um, Unholy Biscuit. Unholy Biscuit. Yes. That's exactly how it's pronounced. Yes. And she's going to be on the show. Uh, she is now with uh, Hooten and Young. Yep. So we're going to be talking about their cigars, maybe talking about their whiskey as well. We'll see. Uh, but uh, yeah, great. And then we have more stuff coming up. Uh, and we will have some <clears throat> additional, uh, very exciting announcements coming up about how, the, how about that cigar within the next week. So stay tuned into our website and our social media. And. And we will be at PCA this year. Yes, we will. Um, so, yeah, stay stay tuned for info about that. Um, uh, so, Alex, if you would please uh, give our viewers and listeners an idea. Where is the best place for them to keep up with everything going on with Smoke In and uh, social media? Sure. So, Smoke In, follow us. Go to Facebook. Smoke in social, join the group, ask a couple of questions. We just, I mean, we have a, we have just a really great cult going on over there. I mean, you know, we do all kinds of weird shit, you know, and I mean, it's cool, man. If you never experienced a cult, that's one way to do it fairly safe. It's a social media cult. So we're never going to like come to your door and do weird shit to you. I mean, you know, there's that and uh, follow us there, you know, every, every Saturday, KMA talk radio on Facebook and YouTube, you can catch us there. And, you know, we kind of bring the cult shit over to that show as well. So yeah, I don't know. You know, we're just, you know, a bunch of cult folks over here smoking, but we'd love to have you. <laughs> oh man, Alex, it was a blast having you on the show, man. It's no, thank you guys for having maybe me. the hardest I've ever laughed on a show in my life. So <laughs> thank you, man. And, and if anybody was, uh, at all interested in playing chess with either Alex or myself, um, go to chess.com, create an account. It's free and, uh, and challenge us. Um, yes. 
we would we would love to play. And what's what's your like? Do you have a handle? Like, what's your handle? I do. My handle is Livingstone. It's a L one V I N G S T O N E. Okay. And uh, Alex is Zarmine. 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 C Z A R M I N E. That's a combination of my son Carmine and my first dog Zar. There you go. So yeah, look these guys up on chess.com. And join the Smoke In Social Chess Club on chess.com. Yep. Oh, there's a Smoke In Social Chess Club? Yep. Hell yeah. Oh, shit. Hell yeah. I might have to start playing chess. Now. Yes. Oh, I need another cult. I need another yeah. cult. Gary, you need to get in on some of the vote. I got to remind you. The vote chess know. games are, God, it's the most frustrating. They may be more frustrating than playing chess. <laughs> it's vote chess when you have well, to. Your- to be honest with you, that's kind of why I bowed out. Seeing some of the moves that were voted on, I'm like, no. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 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 vote, vote chess. And what vote, real quick, what vote chess is is a group of people is playing another group of people. Like our club plays another club. You play chess by committee, correct? Fuck. Yes. I didn't even know the game. Yeah. I'm saying, yes. Oh, and, you, I, and you vote on each move, and the the majority. I'd rather blend a cigar by committee, and that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> More Lajero. <laughs> oh, shit. Garrett, did you play Brian? Yeah, I play Brian every day. Brian's good. Me too. He is Me good. Too. Brian, Brian's good. We play, uh, we play nice one, one classic game and one Fisher And one Fisher Rain. I do the same thing. I do yeah. the same thing. <laughs> One of these days, Fisher. I'm actually going to know all these chess terms. Yeah, Fisher <laughs> Random is a whole other it's a nightmare animal. of chess. Yeah. Oh, there's varieties to it. See, oh, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I. Oh yeah. I don't know if I. Dude, could go and down we got to play hole. Bug House. We got to play Bug House, and we need to play Duck Chess. Yes. You guys are making this shit up. I swear. No. no. <laughs> and and that's just the yeah. That's I mean that's that's Duck Chess one. is it, it looks like. It's super stupid, but it's so fun. Bro, it's so fun. It's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah. And, well, and it's frustrating like anything else in chess. Yeah. How can a king and pawn win? Pawns win. Yeah. It's insane. I can't keep up. Burn nights, not bridges. Burn nights, not bridges. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex, thank you so much, brother, for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Hang out in the green room for a minute to uh, say a proper goodbye. All right, uh, viewers and listeners, guys, thank you so much for being the best part of How About That Cigar Live. We really appreciate you guys being with us live on Facebook and live on YouTube. Take just a minute, if you would, please, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, Leave comments and likes on the videos. That helps us out a lot. And be sure to follow us on Facebook if you watch on there, uh, because that helps us out a lot as well. Uh, If you guys have questions for us, you can email us on the website, HowAboutThatCigar.com. Make sure to follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. And of course, until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Any comments, opinions, viewpoints, or statements presented or uttered by guests on the HBTC podcast, HBTC live video streams, and all other media from HBT Media LLC are solely those of the individual and do not necessarily represent the opinions or viewpoints of How About That Cigar or its parent company, HBT Media LLC, any of our advertising partners, or the premium cigar industry. The primary purpose of How About That Cigar is to entertain and to encourage activity and growth within the community of people who enjoy or want to learn about the enjoyment of premium cigars.